The first time I nearly died, I was 18. Sounds a bit dramatic, but bear with me. I was having some fairly serious surgery and I had a bad reaction to the anaesthetic. I don't know the specifics of what happened, but I do know that my heart stopped twice and my left lung collapsed. I was spent a week in intensive care and I needed another operation to put things right soon after. From what I've heard, I'm only here by the grace of God, the prayers of my family and the skills of the NHS staff at York Hospital. To be honest with you, going through that at a young age had a really big impact on me. It was like I was given a second chance at life early on. The important things like my family and university became the focus and stuff that wasn't important all just kind of fell away. A few weeks after, one of the surgeons said to me, Al, how are you enjoying your new life? And as I was praying for what to talk to you about today, that question kept coming back to me. How are you enjoying your new life? You know, when we talk about the idea of new life, it can bring up a lot of different things. We might think about those friends we know that moved abroad or that guy we know who got the new job and it transformed everything. New life brings thoughts of breakthrough, transformation, escaping the mundane reality we can all find ourselves in. And I think it's something we've all dreamt about at some time. Having that that new life, that amazing breakthrough, that change that shakes everything up and makes all things exciting and new again. Whilst that idea of new life may sound like a distant dream, if you'd call yourself a follower of Jesus, this isn't something that we fantasise about. This is the reality that we live in. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, behold. The old has gone and the new has come. When we follow Jesus, we have new life. We'd have to fight for it or beg or, or chase it. God just gives it to us. So let me ask you again. How are you enjoying your new life? How's it going? You know, sometimes it's easy to say something's going better than it really is. No one ever wants to admit to something going badly. Our society almost conditions us to it. I don't know about you, but when someone asks me, how are you? I feel like I've always got to say, I'm fine, because I don't feel comfortable giving any other answer. Even if I'm not doing well, I always try and keep smiling because I feel that's what people expect. And I wonder if we all might feel like that sometimes, that we're not able to be authentic with the world around us. It's not a great feeling. And the trouble is we can get so used to living like that, that this lack of authenticity, if we're not careful, can bleed over into our new lives in God. And the trick, I think, to enjoying this new life that we have in Jesus is to be able to do it authentically, to let it flow out of who we are instead of pretending to be something that we're not. Living authentically means that we're true to ourselves, to who we are in our very core. It means we choose to embrace the reality of the new life that God gives us and we take responsibility for how we choose to walk it out. The word Christian actually means like Christ. And that is our ultimate goal in this life, to be like Jesus. With everything that we have in all that we do. It isn't about behaving a certain way or pretending because anyone can do that. Instead, we look at Jesus and we say, I want to be like him. 
because I don't know how else to over respond to God's overwhelming love, grace and mercy towards me. So we aim to be like Jesus in everything that we do, in all that we are, we say, we think and we feel because it's who we are. That's our authentic selves. You know, living authentically isn't about trying to copy the stuff Jesus did, but it's about doing it for the same reasons that Jesus did it. And that reason is love. The love that God has for us and the love that we're called to show the world around us. To live the Christian life authentically, to be a Christian, is to be motivated by love. Everything else flows out of that. But you know, it isn't always easy. American psychologist Amy Cuddy said in a popular TED talk that we should fake it till we make it. That by somehow copying the behaviour we attribute with success, eventually we'll become successful. The problem with that, though, is when it comes to the God stuff, it don't work. 1 Timothy 1.5 says that love issues from a pure heart, a good conscience and a sincere faith. You can't fake that stuff. And we can't fake love, but it's often tempting to try. I don't know about you, but I think for me, sometimes there can be quite a bit of pressure to get this God stuff right. To say the right thing or do the right stuff or be seen a certain way. I don't always get it right. And sometimes that's because I'm doing it inauthentically. My heart isn't in it and I end up feeling like I have to fake it. And I wonder... If we maybe all sometimes feel like we have to fake it sometimes. Maybe we're scared of letting God down or we want to be seen a certain way or we feel like we're under pressure from other Christians to behave a certain way. The reasons we might try and fake it are innumerable, but the results are always the same. We end up living inauthentically and that can be really damaging. It's damaging to us, our churches, our families, our communities, and ultimately it's damaging to God's kingdom. But you know, the good news isn't, is that we're not the only people to struggle with this idea of how to authentically live life for God. And like everything else in life, God's word has the answer. We heard Luke read the third chapter of Colossians verses 1 to 17. That was written by the Apostle Paul while he was in prison in Rome, about 61 AD. And he's writing to the church in a city called Colossae, which is in modern day Turkey. That church was in trouble because their culture was a lot like ours today. The overwhelming message in society was, be true to yourself. This Jesus doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. So Paul writes to the church to remind them of who Jesus is and why it matters. And that's a, a view that's really relevant today because our view of Jesus impacts every area of our lives. And it ultimately determines whether we can live authentically or not. Paul says in verse 1, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. So Paul starts by showing us that the authentic Christian life is really simple. We know and love God, so we choose to look for the things on God's heart and make them the most important thing in our minds. It's a call to be constantly preoccupied with Jesus' power and presence and how he calls us to live, as radically transformed bringers of hope to a world desperately in need of it, empowered by his Holy Spirit. That is what it means to live authentically, no more and no less. 
And that authenticity is based on a key truth that Jesus died and rose again and that we are raised with him. In verse one, Paul says that we are raised with Christ. So that same power that raised Jesus from the dead empowers us to live authentically for God. It empowers us to live a life marked by hope and transformation. Our future is in Jesus Christ. Nothing else matters. So when we become followers of Jesus Christ, the old us dies and we become utterly transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. But this isn't something that God forces on us. It's an invitation to walk an authentic Christian life, to choose to put Jesus first all the time. So Paul's purpose in writing Colossians 3 is to help us understand how we can walk this out. In verse 2, he says, set your minds on things above, on not on earthly things. So Paul is asking us, where is our focus? Are we focused on the world around us or are we focused on Jesus? Because our focus will determine our destination. It's a little bit when you drive, like when you're driving a car. If you're looking at the road ahead of you, you'll get to where you're going. But if we're looking all around us, we're going to crash because our focus determines our destination. If we're focused on the world around us, it's impossible to live authentically for God. We might be able to fake it for a little bit, but it will not last. But when we make Jesus the focus, then his Holy Spirit empowers us to live the kind of lives that are pleasing to God and will change the world around us. Paul tells us to set our minds. Well, that doesn't mean passively think about. It means to earnestly seek, to to continually look for. In fact, the best translation I can find means to crave. And that's what it means to, to live authentically, to crave the things of God. The best example I can think of this is pregnancy cravings. You know, if you're a mum, you've you've had them. If you're a dad, you've been out at three o'clock in the morning shopping for them. From what I can tell, it's this overwhelming desire to eat a, a type of food when you're pregnant. I asked a few of my mum friends what they craved while they were pregnant on Facebook, and their answers shocked and surprised me. KFC, pink food, carrots, poppadoms, even bath sponges made an appearance. It seems that when people crave things during pregnancy, their behaviour changes because what they want becomes the focus. And it's the same with our lives. When we make Jesus the focus, then we crave the things of God and our behaviour, our lives look massively different because of that. So in verses four and nine, Paul gives the church a list of things they should lay down. Sexual immorality, lust, greed, lies. It's quite the list. Doing this stuff isn't incompatible with living authentically for God, which is why Paul says to lay it down. All these things like lust and anger, they're quite dominant behaviours which can rob our focus from Jesus. And if we're not careful, they can become our identity. But Paul says in verse 11 to let the peace of Christ rule our hearts. Because those things are not our identity. Jesus is. When we make Jesus the focus, we can lay these destructive behaviours down and pick up other, better, more pleasing ones up. So these things Paul tells us to avoid, they're sinful. Sin is 
absolutely destructive. It tears us and others down. And in verse six, we read that doing this stuff makes God angry with us. But authentic Christianity with Jesus as the focus is just the opposite. It brings life and hope and breakthrough. So this isn't Paul saying, follow the rules. This is Paul saying, look how much God can transform us when we make Jesus the focus. God wants to equip us to live lives that show his love to a world that's desperately in need of it. But that equipping doesn't just stop at how we behave. God wants to go deeper to transform us in our very hearts. Because the greatest purpose in our new life that God gives us is to make Jesus the focus. And out of that, we crave the things of God. Perhaps what Paul is saying is, lay this stuff down because it will distract you from making Jesus the focus. Keep your eyes on God because your identity is in him. Keep going. Keep fighting. In verses 12 to 17, Paul shows us what an authentic Christian life can look like. When we make Jesus the focus, he says, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility and gentleness and to forgive each other. Those things to the world around us can look quite weak. They're not the sort of things that our society, if we're honest, it doesn't really value them. But these are some of the things that define an authentic Christian life. They're what naturally comes out of us when we make Jesus the focus. These aren't new behaviours we can just decide to switch on because if we're not craving the things of God, they won't last. We can't do it in our own strength. But because we have been raised with Christ, the Holy Spirit equips us to live the kind of lives that are radically different to the world around us that bring hope and breakthrough. And the one thing that Paul says these behaviours we pick up have in common is they build up community. When we are kind and gentle and humble and patient, we bless other people. When other people do that to us, we are blessed by them. An authentic Christian life with Jesus continually as the focus blesses the world around us and then we become blessed by it. There's literally no downside to this. The things that Paul says to lay down are utterly destructive. But the things that Paul says to pick up, what naturally comes out of an authentic Christian lifestyle with Jesus as the focus, well, they can change the world. Paul finishes in verse 23 by saying, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. Paul ends by reminding the church of what he said in the first verse. There is only one thing in our lives that we are called to, which is to make Jesus the focus. When we do that, we will crave the things of God. And out of that craving, we are changed to transform the world around us as we become more like Jesus. So what does all that mean for us? How do we walk all this out? You know, living authentically is a little bit of a buzzword these days when God isn't in it. People have literally made millions telling others how to live. One article I found online said that some of the keys to living authentically are let your inner light guide you, be your highest self, speak your truth, don't know, free your spirit. Doesn't that all sound wonderfully vague? 
And yet Paul isn't vague. All he tells us is make Christ the focus. It's that simple. It's when we do that, that we can then start to live authentically. So maybe that's where we need to start. Are we always making Jesus the focus? When Paul says to put down lies, anger, lust, greed, maybe we need to ask ourselves, are there places in our lives where those things are happening? Maybe we talk badly about people, we lie, we gossip, maybe we struggle with anger or lust when no one's looking. I know I'm not perfect, none of us are, and I also know this stuff, if we're honest, it's easy for all of us to slip into this stuff sometimes. Is Jesus really the focus in those places in our lives? If not, maybe it's time to ask God to help us make Jesus the focus again. And as we do that, we can do what Paul says in verse 4, to lay this stuff down and start to live authentically in the new lives that God gives us. The second thing we maybe need to realise is that living authentic Christian life isn't about being perfect or pretending to be. It's about taking part in a process to become more like Jesus. Firstly, in who we are as we make Jesus the focus, then in our, our thoughts and our deeds as we constantly crave the things of God, and then that, out of that in our behaviour as we impact the world around us. Let's stop trying to perform the Christian life because that cuts us off from truly living it. Trying to be perfect cuts us off from the perfect plan God already has for us. This need to live authentically, it's not a stick God wants us to beat us over the head with. It's an invitation to live an authentic life that chooses to continually make Jesus Christ the focus. The third thing is this. By focusing on Jesus, we learn discipline in our spiritual lives. Discipline is kind of a dirty word these days because it's not something our society really values, but it's important because it means consistency in our character. The more we focus on Jesus, the easier it becomes to be like him. How many of us, if we're honest, have gotten pretty undisciplined over the past year? Maybe we're not in God's word as much as we'd like, or we don't pray, stuff gets in the way. Maybe we're not engaging with our church community online as much as we'd like, or when people ask for help, ask someone else will sort it. I think a lot of us, whether we'd admit it or not, have slipped a little bit. I know I have, but by learning the discipline of making Jesus the focus, we're able to choose what we want most of all in life, which is Jesus, over what we want right now. Desires don't determine whether we can live authentically in the long run. Discipline does. The challenge of Colossians 3 in many ways, I guess, is this. Are we truly living authentically? Does the image we show the world truly match what's in our hearts? When it comes to how we engage with the world around us, what are we showing them? Are we showing them what we think they want to see, what looks like a good Christian? Or are we showing them the real us with our focus on Jesus and our hearts utterly transformed by his Holy Spirit? Paul says again in verse 15 to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. And that's what comes from living a life authentically for Jesus. As we're transformed by God's Holy Spirit, 
Our words and actions and thoughts change. We reflect God more and more to the world around us as we make Jesus the focus of our lives. And we do that, like he says in verse one, by setting our hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, because our focus determines our direction. So I'd like to invite you, wherever you're at, to choose to make Jesus the focus. Maybe that's for the first time, maybe that's for the hundredth time. We're all at different places, but maybe there's somewhere in your life that you don't think maybe God is the focus. Maybe there are places in your life where, if you're honest, you might feel that you are living inauthentically. Maybe just take a moment, put your hands out like this, just so we're open to God and maybe invite God to bring those places to mind. And we're just going to give that over to him and ask God to help us make Jesus the focus again. Father God, thank you for who you are. Father God, we're sorry for the things that we've done wrong. Father God, we invite you to be the Lord of our lives again. Whether that's for the first time or the hundredth time, God, wash us clean. Father, help us see where you are not the focus. Help us stop trying to perform the Christian life, God. Instead, help us realise how simple it really is. That with you as the focus, we can live authentically and be radically transformed, bringers of hope and builders of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Be safe, be good, be well. I love you guys.